0: Well, we have been on a focus of Jesus and his many names, uh, the many names of Jesus. And of course, there's overlap because the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. We have one God, and he is three different people as God, which is pretty fun. Uh, But we've been focusing on some of the names for Jesus. And uh, so today, I'm gonna talk to you about the light of the world. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And we're gonna contrast light and darkness a little bit. And um, I'm going to let the scriptures speak for themselves and make a couple comments as we go through this. So let's just begin together in John chapter 8, starting in verse, uh, I believe it's uh, verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. can remember as a young father walking through the living room in the night uh, on my way to the bathroom and uh, stepping on a Lego. Has anyone here stepped on a Lego with bare feet? Yeah, just raise your hand high. Can you feel the pain like in your foot right now? Legos are one of the most incredible inventions ever and then also one of the most extraordinary torture devices if you've ever had a barefoot step on a Lego. And you know, you, I've never stepped on a Lego in the light. Has anybody here stepped on a Lego in the light? Because it's more rare. It's usually in the dark. It's usually because you can't see where you're going in the dark. You need light to be able to see where you're going. Another one is, uh, has anybody ever walked through a room where you were pretty sure where you knew where things were at in the dark and just absolutely split your shin on something? Just raise your hand if you ever walk through the dark. Yeah, and you're like, I'm pretty sure I know where that coffee, bam, ah! And it's just, whoo! It just the, and it, it hurts your feelings. Like, it hurts physically, but it hurts on an emotional level. Like, I wasn't even trying to do anything wrong. And somehow I'm being punished by this object. But when you walk in the darkness, you can't see where you're going. And Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world and whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. I am the light of the world. He brings clarity of thought, clarity of understanding, clarity of reality. You can see things as they are, not as they, not as they purport to be, not as you would maybe like them to be, not as they may even better than you thought they were. That's always nice. But you see them as they are, and Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. You know, the implication here is that to not follow Christ is to choose to walk in darkness. Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't walk in darkness. He doesn't apologize for the fact that if we choose to not follow Christ, we are choosing to walk in darkness. We are choosing to obscure things that would otherwise be made plain. We are choosing to have things hidden in the darkness that could be brought to the light For for myriad reasons, but there's clarity there, isn't there? And so the Pharisees said to him, You're bearing witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. And Jesus answered, Even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment's true. For it's not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law, it's written that the testimony of two people is true. I'm the one who bears witness about myself, and the Father who sent me bears witness about me. And they said to him, therefore, Where is your Father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my Father. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. In these words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. Jesus says, You judge according to the flesh. My judgment is true, for it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. The light of the world is saying to those that are questioning his words, you are judging according to the flesh. You're judging according to your perspective. And he says, but you're from below. I'm from above. You're from this perspective. I'm from the perspective. You're standing on the earth, judging from the perspective of how you've been created. Which, by the way, he's not saying it's, it's that, that, that that's bad, that what they've been created. He's just saying, you're judging from your perspective. And he says this, my judgment is true because it is I and the Father who sent me." And you guys know that the Father is the one who created all things. He stands above the earth. He understands everything about the earth. He understands, in fact, he says he measures the universe in the span of his hands. He understands who he made. His perspective is perfect. There's no darkness in him. He's not stumbling around in the dark from a a certain perspective. He sees things as they are. So when Jesus is saying, I'm the light of the world, he's saying, I can bring clarity to reality in all things. And I see from the perspective of my Father. Any view that you and I have, and I think Jesus is putting his finger on this point, any view that you and I have, when we try to judge things, try to judge reality outside of the light of the world, any perspective that we would have that originates with us, apart from him, is at best limited. Is that fair? You and I are standing on the earth. We have a lot of perspectives, which, by the way, he invites us to think and reason. We're made in his image. But whatever our perspective is, at best, would you agree that it's limited? And at worst, could be completely wrong. We... We thought the earth was flat for a really long time, right? There are a lot of really dumb things that have been done. I'm just thinking of some right now. But our perspective, and Jesus is calling us out, he's saying, your perspective is from where you stand. And the, and the most that you and I have to offer outside of turning to the light of the world is simply the perspective that we have. And I, I want to suggest to, to you right now that there is no hope of complete peace, justice, and mercy being accomplished outside of God's eternal kingdom. You and I, We have no hope of coming to a place of contentment and peace, justice, and mercy outside of the context of the eternal kingdom. This is so key for us. Think about the areas where we find ourselves grappling with very real things, very real things, and for good reason, because we look and we say, this should not be. And then we seek to see it fixed, and we see our own limited nature. We see, we see the collusion. We see corruption. We see all these, these situations that are not going to be resolved in the next 80 years, which is the average of what we're going to live to be. Right? So in our limited 80 years, we intuitively and with an informed summation Realize, oh, this is not going to work out perfectly for everyone in my lifetime. And we go, that should not be. And and you're right, God also is very frustrated about the broken things that are going on. It's true. But it is only in Christ that truly all things can be redeemed. And in fact, it is only in Christ together that on a certain day Jesus will come and create a new heaven and a new earth and those who have chosen his mercy the light of the world and have lived in light of his teaching and him in us will receive eternal life and in that time he will redeem all things for those of us who choose him. And we will join together with every single righteous person in all of history in rejoicing that Jesus Christ is the light of the world and that he has actually brought not just justice but mercy and not just mercy but justice and not just mercy and justice but absolute redemption and restoration of a new heaven and a new earth. And it is only in the fullness of that that we can truly say, it is well. It is well. You have redeemed all things. Death, where is your sting? It is only in him. And when we take the view, because here's, here's the thing we have to see, and Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world. If you, if you follow me, I'm going I'm to use his words exactly again, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life, and he's talking about eternal life, which, by the way, doesn't make us just sit back and do nothing in this life. We actually are the people who have the most hope, so we're engaged in the most ways because we have hope. However, we are filled with hope because we have no expectation that it will all happen in its fullness in our 80 years. And and I want to say it like this: the reason why these words don't do enough justice, but at least they'll hint in the right direction, is because his plan is too good, it is too just, it is too merciful, it is too complete, to all be accomplished in this first earth, and especially in our 80 years. It doesn't fit. Our span of time is too short to fit the fullness of the eternal God into and to say, unless you accomplish this from my perspective in my time, then you are not good. It doesn't fit. And so he has given us forever with him because he is the forever God. Does that make sense? So when, when we're looking at this matter of perspective, this is really key This is really key. In fact, I want to say this. I believe one of the greatest offenses that many of us have where we find ourselves stumbling in the darkness is because we have forgotten to turn to the light of the world and to say, Jesus, you're the light of the world. You are the Lamb of God. You are the eternal one. Give me the perspective of heaven, the Father's perspective of eternity, in regard to this issue that I'm grappling with right now. And when we don't bring it into the perspective of eternity, we step on a lot of Legos. And in fact, we come to the conclusion when we do that, God, you are not good. All I'm having is pain after pain after pain. I just keep racking my shins on the injustice of this situation, on the unfixableness of that situation, on the unfairness of this situation. And they're all painful and they're all true. But when you turn the light on, you begin to realize, oh, you also grieve over these things. You also are engaged with these things. You've called me to be engaged with these things. But you have kept me filled with hope of your goodness because they will only be redeemed in Christ Jesus through eternity that we're rewarded for the pain and the pleasure, the joy and the righteousness of what we did in this life and will be with you always in a new heaven and a new earth. When we don't have that perspective, we find ourselves blaming God as though he were not good, as though his ideas weren't enough, as though his people are compromised, and walking away from them and stumble in the darkness because we forgot to look to the light of the world and say, give me the perspective. Let me not judge according to the flesh, as Jesus said, but let me judge according to the Father. Can you receive that? And I just want to ask you to take, we're just to, you know, 15 seconds here, but what are some problems, some crises, some personal crises that you're going through right now, some problems that you're going through, you're grappling with, that you have forgotten to go to the light of the world and to say, will you help me see this in light of eternity? Am I looking at this problem in light of eternity? I mean, you know what, my fellow saints? We oftentimes forget to ask God to give us perspective about a problem. We often say, give me strength, give me wisdom, and then we just think about it. But we haven't actually waited to let him bring an idea to this. Okay, let me just rearrange the pieces that I already have. Well, there's nothing new in those pieces, What happens when we stop and say, light of the world, I'm stumbling in darkness on this one. I I don't know what to do. Give me the perspective of heaven here. Because I will tell you this, whatever it is that you're grappling with right now, whatever it is that you're seeing right now, there is an aspect of it that will only be satisfied and redeemed in light of eternity. And if we don't bring that into eternity, we will become grieved, discouraged, and could end up hopeless and bitter. And the light of the world says, I am inviting you to see things as they are from my Father's perspective. We have some pain in our lives that is much greater than it needs to be. I'm not saying you won't have pain in your lives. He said we will have pain in our lives. We will have troubles if we can't feel, if we can't cry tears over broken things, something is going wrong here. But if all we have to give the world is our tears, then something else is going wrong here. We have the hope of the light of the world to share and to show and to say, yes, You are dying. We're we're preparing to to bury a dear friend. We're gonna lose him. I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna grieve. Death is bitter. But I am going to look with hope to that great day when I see my friend with his new body in a new heaven, and a new earth, and this is not hyperbole. This is the reality and why I stand here and say I have hope. I have hope. I look for that full redemption. Amen? So we're offered perspective by the light of the world. He said to them again, I'm going away and you will seek me, and you will die in your sin. Where I'm going, you cannot come. He's just stating that as a matter of fact because they don't actually believe in him. He's not condemning them. He's saying you are here much like a sign if you continue to walk forward towards that thousand foot drop off you will die Jesus just speaks very frankly as the light of the world if you turn on the lights you will see that if you continue to walk towards that thousand foot drop off you will die he's just speaking frankly so the Jews said, will, will he kill himself since he says where I'm going you cannot come? He said to them, you are from below, I am from above. You are of this world, I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. It's just talking about reality, without him we, we cannot save ourselves. And so they said to him, who are you? <laughs> And Jesus said to them, just what I have been telling you from the beginning, I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true, and I declare to the world that I have heard from him. And they didn't understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me, and he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. And as he was saying these things, many believed in him. John 3, 16 through 21. You guys are familiar with the first part, I'm sure. It's beautiful, beautiful words. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son You know that word judgment? It pertains to the light of the world. It's simply seeing things as they are. In in this day and age, you know, we we throw around judgment as though it's like a swear word. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. And in fact, as we read this, I think it will probably shed some light on why we say that. But I just want you to hear this, that Jesus, as he's saying these things, he's not saying I condemn you. He said I didn't come to condemn you. I came here to save every single person. I'm the light of the world. And in fact, I will prove to you the character and the love of my Father because I am living the life you could not live. And I will die the death that each of you deserve to die. But because I have lived without sin, I have the right to redeem you. And I'm doing it for you and for my Father. And that's how much I love you. I'll prove it with my own blood. So this is the witness who's talking about what our dad's like, telling us about reality. So he says, this is reality. The light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and doesn't come to the light lest his works would be exposed. Now this is a strong and a direct explanation of reality, isn't it? Many of us, let's be, let's be, let's be completely humble and receive the words of the Lord that all of us at some time or other have been unwilling to want to truly bring our whole self into the light because we knew deep down that part of what we were doing was evil. It just wasn't good. It was selfish, perhaps. It was some hidden addiction that you just weren't ready to quit because you're like, nope, I'm counting on this and I don't want to give it up. So I'm not willing to even call it an addiction yet. I can quit anytime I want. I just don't want to talk to you or God or anybody else about it. Whatever it is, Maybe it was something, maybe it was greed. Maybe it was something where you felt the unction. You knew, man, it's time to start sharing profits in my company, but I don't want to. I'm just gonna keep them. Um, you know what I mean? Like, whatever it is, you and the Lord know. You and the Lord know. But when it came time to bring it into the light, we've all had those moments where we hesitated because we went, I don't want to bring it into the light because I don't want to find out something other than what I've already decided to believe. I would rather stay in the darkness than have what I'm doing be exposed as something other than what I'm choosing to believe about it. This is the explanation of reality from the light of the world. The light has come in to the darkness. I'm gonna just read that again. The light has come into the world and people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and doesn't come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. The light of the world is inviting us. To believe that He is the Son of God, that He perfectly represents the perspective of God and God's eternal kingdom, which is already and is coming. The redemption, the fullness of it will come, but in this season and in this time, we are invited to accept that God is who He says He is and to trust Him above all to give us the perspective of what is true and right and just and loving. And the thing that I want us to leave with today, and we're going to take communion together, is that there there is a moment of decision, and, and I think we have to make this more than once, guys, Um, because it gets challenged. But it's essentially this. Who will you believe? Will you believe the experts? They got it all figured out for you. Will you believe Pastor Joshua? I'm not lying to you, but I can tell you I'm not as trustworthy as Jesus. Jesus. I promise you that I'm not lying to you, but if it comes between me and the light of the world, go with the light of the world. And if I ever say anything that contradicts the light of the world, go with the light of the world. When I say something, go to the light of the world and check and let him show you in the scriptures that I'm telling you the truth. Why am I adamant about this? Because the other thing that you should challenge is your own perspective. If you wanna pass that out, that's fine, too. If you don't have the elements, just raise your hand. Jason's gonna bring them to you. I some back here, Jason. Because the other part is this. You and I have to make a decision, and I think this is the key one here. You and I must make a decision. Will I believe the light of the world over every perspective? and certainly over my own perspective. Because that is the area where I believe many times we actually choose to walk in darkness because we haven't made the decision at that level. Like, yes, we prayed and said, I wanna live forever. Yes, I wanna be forgiven for my sins. Yes, I wanna, you know, live a pretty good life. I wanna be a good person. Those are all great things, so good job. Um, But there is a point where we do have to say, Jesus, have I made the decision? today, you know, as long as it is today, that I actually trust your perspective over my perspective. Could you, I'm inviting you, Jesus, light of the world, come shine the light on me. And Lord, if there's something going on me, on in me, and I'm going to read the scripture, everyone who does wicked things hates the light and doesn't come to the light. Lord, if there's any part of me that doesn't like the light because I've already decided what I want to believe and what I want to do. And I'm just looking to find evidence that will allow me to do it. In other words, I'm staying in the dark about this because I don't actually want it to be exposed for what it is. Jesus, expose me. If that's the case, Jesus exposed me. The second part says, whoever does what's true comes to the light, so you and I can come to the light. Light of the world, I'm coming to you. I'm willing to be wrong. If it's between me and you, I will be wrong. So that it may be clearly seen that my works have been carried out in God. And if they're not, Lord, then just tell me, and then I will just change my mind about it. That's the invitation for us. Now, it is simple. It, listen to how simple that is, correct? It's simple. But it is the place of the greatest battle for who we will trust. Are you guys, are you guys hearing that? And, and, and in this day, in this moment, in the day of the experts, in the day of a million billion bytes of information coming at us all the time, and we can find evidence to support whatever we want to believe right now, at a greater rate with more videos and more blogs and more articles and more research and breakthroughs and whatever else. There's a, in fact, Paul said, of, of knowledge, of learning of knowledge, there's no end, okay? We can get as much knowledge, but knowledge is not life. The light of the world has to give us the lens to be able to bring context and understanding to what is dark and what is light, what is reality and what is wickedness? Are you guys with me? And so today, as we begin to take this, I I, I, I ask, I ask, I ask that we would allow the light of the world to shine his light in us and show us if there's anything in us that we've been keeping in the darkness because we honestly care more about our perspective right now than we do about the perspective of the Father and his eternal kingdom, which He's forming in us and which will be forever. And so I invite you, as Jesus invites. Can you receive that? He took the bread and and he he broke it. And he said, this is my body, it's gonna be broken for you. It's the light of the world. He's coming and he's saying everything I'm telling you Here's how much I'm willing to pay for it. And as often as you do this, remember what I did for you. Jesus, we remember what you did for us. Thank you that these aren't cheap words. They're not pop philosophy. You're the only one who gave your body on our behalf, and we thank you for it. Let's take it together. He took the cup. He blessed it. He said, this represents the new covenant in my blood. It's the forgiveness of sins, and it's also eternal life. As often as you do this, you preach the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ until he comes. Lord, we're here because of what you did. And with gratitude, we receive it. There's no greater peace that we can have than to come fully into the light and let the only one who's been with the Father and knows how to see all reality as it is tell us how things are. We can go to him in all things. Light of the world, shine brightly in each of us. Show us the way. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. Love you guys. You're great lovers. Go love our cities. Share the good news. I'll see you next week.